Good Sunday, brothers and sisters. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. He's woke me up to see another day, and I am so thankful. I want to praise God with all my heart, with all my mind, and all my spirit, all the time. Never look to man as man and as flawed. Always get closer to God and get to know Jesus Christ as he will change your life. I've got a friend Closer than a brother There is no judgment Oh, how he loves me I've got a friend And he is my strength He is my portion With me in the valley With me in the fire with me in the storm Let all my life Testify Hallelujah We are not alone God really loves us God God does love you, brothers and sisters, and non-believers, I know it's hard for you to believe it because you may feel so inadequate. You may feel like you've done so much wrong in your life, and you're probably right, but you're just like the rest of us sinners, and the one that I know can change it all is the one that we call Jesus. Let me tell you about him. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Jesus. 
price for all my guilty Who would care that much about me Let me tell you about my Jesus Oh He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from a little deep Thank you, God, for giving this young lady that song to sing to us, to the world. We need to sing it. And just like she says in that song, I just trying to tell you about my Jesus. The reason is because I know how Jesus has changed my life. I know how Jesus inspires me to be better. I know how the word of Jesus in the Bible helps direct me on what I need to be doing in my life. And it tells me what I don't need to be doing. It is a guide to helping me live a better life. And I only found out about all of it in the way that I have by knowing Jesus Christ, by asking to know him. Because I yearn to know something that was pure, and something that is real, and it's something that loves me beyond imagination. It's not about somebody buying me dinner. I appreciate that. If somebody bought me a gift for Christmas, I appreciate that. But the gift that God Almighty gave me with life, being born, and then Jesus Christ offered me salvation, in order to be born again from the sinful world into a, a kingdom of salvation. To have a relationship with God for eternity. Makes me be a better person. If I didn't have that in my life, if I didn't have God in my life, I would be completely lost. If I didn't have Jesus Christ in my life, I would be so at odds with the world and not know what to do. But I know what to do. When Jesus Christ was in the temple and he turned over the money changers' tables, this is in the book of John chapter 2. I'm going to start reading it at, at uh, verse 11. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana, of Galilee and manifest forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. After he went down to Capernaum, he and his mother and his brethren and his disciples, and they continued there not many days. And then the Jews Passover was at hand and Jesus went to Jerusalem. 
And here it is, verse 214, John 214. And found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out, all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the money changers money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. In my interpretation, what God tells me about that is that he was trying to keep you from committing a sin against the moral law, which are the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are the moral law that God sent down through brother Moses. And yes, I call him my brother because I believe all of us are brothers and sisters. But whenever he overturned the money changer's table, he was specifically protecting and defending the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the second commandment, thou shalt not worship any graven image. Those two things for sure are something that could be referenced as far as why he overturned overturned the money changers because he did not want people to worship money. He wanted people to worship God. And that was the difference. And even uh, the 10th commandment, thou shall not covet. God or Jesus was protecting the moral law that was sent down from God. And he was showing us. And today that has all changed. It's been flipped on its head. And usually we give, you know, uh, we've, we've referenced Billy Graham's many different sermons on our Sunday show. But today I want to play you something a little different just to make you aware of who we are dealing with when it comes to all of these things that are happening in the world right now. There's a lot of people that are elevated that it's they're done that way because they have money. They pay to get in these positions. But listen what you may not have known about the Gates family. You in this video. This is Melinda Gates from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And around her neck, that's actually an inverted cross, which they use in the occult as a symbol of the rejection of Jesus Christ. I mean, this woman is actually wearing a satanic symbol. That means I reject Jesus Christ. And these are the people that we're depending on to save the world from a global pandemic. This is exactly why God warned us in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 and verse 5. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departeth from the Lord. In too many scenarios, we bring evil upon our own selves because instead of appealing to God for his wisdom and his protection, we're running to human beings to save us using their vast wealth and their intellectual resources. And we don't even know if they have good intentions. Well, the pledge is to get 120 million women access to contraceptives by the year 2020. And uh, the whole idea is to put this back on the global health agenda. It hasn't been forefront on the global health agenda for a very long time, and it's never been done in a way that's really woman-centric. William Pitt 
well-known name in English history said this, necessity, i.e. public health, common good, is the plea of every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. Get people afraid and they'll do whatever you want. A fearful society will always comply. Panicking people will believe anything. And the second time I saw him was uh, the march after that, uh, so March 2017 in the White House. In both of those two meetings, he asked me if vaccines weren't a bad thing because he was considering a commission to look into uh, ill effects of vaccines. And, and somebody, his name is Robert Kennedy Jr., was advising him that vaccines were causing bad things. And I said, no, that's a dead end. That would be a bad thing. Don't do that. Trust us, said the government. We truly have your best interests at heart. All we want to do is help keep you safe. They say that this could be a long a war measured in years, and I think everybody understands why this is happening, but is it sustainable? What do you say to those families who say, listen, we can't afford to pay four eighty-five a gallon for months, if not years. This is just not sustainable. What you heard from the president today was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Bill and Melinda Gates have been working on a plan with major world leaders for quite some time now. Uh, Melinda and I picked uh, back in the year 2000, where we first uh, got going. But what exactly have they been working on for over two decades? The World Economic Forum engages the foremost political business, cultural, and other leaders of society to shape global, regional, and industry agenda. And their goal, based on their website, is to shape the world into a unique institutional culture. A one-world government, a one-world culture, a one-world religion, and a one-world king. Now, you can call me crazy if you want to, but I can tell you that all of this fits right into the plan of the Antichrist, the final Antichrist the Bible talks about in Revelation 13. And we're headed toward a one world global government with one massive monstrous leader. Listen very carefully to what the president of the World Economic Forum had to say about their goal and the prospects for the world. Let's also be clear, the future is not just happening. The future is built by us, by a powerful community as you here in this room. We have the means to improve the states of the world. Well, it is certain that these people are influential and powerful, and they have money beyond anything. However, there is something very important that they need to do before this whole plan can be unraveled. Now listen very carefully to the King of England's proposal at their annual meeting. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. With trillions at its disposal, far beyond global GDP, and with the greatest respect, beyond even the governments of the world's leaders, it offers the only real prospect of achieving fundamental economic transition. Just in case you think that you might be protected under some constitutional law, some amendment, the truth of the matter is all of that can be thrown to the side if it presents a problem for these world leaders. It was exactly what happened in 2020. The Constitution of the United States, or any country for that matter, does not protect anyone against the schemes of the devil and those whom he's puppeteered to work out his plan. Our careful, and I mean careful attention, to building and sustaining the liberal international world order 
with the United States and Europe at its core, was the bedrock of the success the world enjoyed in the second half of the 20th century. That is exactly why the Bible says in Psalm 118, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust noble men. Instead of trusting God and trusting in His sovereignty and His infinite power, we turn to men to rescue us from our despair. And think about it, all these billionaires and powerful men and women such as Bill and Melinda Gates, all in one womb every year for this annual meeting, and the best they could come up with is to play right into the hands of Satan and his final end. Christ. The Bible says the heart of man is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You cannot put your trust in men, and certainly not these people. Now, where is all of this going? This is the kingdom that Satan is pulling together as the final attempt to dethrone God. It describes this kingdom as having powers like a leopard, a bear, and a lion. And what we find here is this monster is none other than the final Antichrist. Even now, John says there are many Antichrists. This is the final one. He rises up out of the sea, out of the nations. He consolidates all world power. This is globalism, symbolized by ten horns, a number of completion as his seven heads. He has the consolidated power and the consolidated authority. He is a blasphemer, but a powerful one. And the dragon is Satan. And the dragon gave the Antichrist in John's vision his power, his throne, and his great authority. In the book of Revelation, specifically in Revelation chapter 13, we can see that those powerful people who think that they own the planet are operating exactly as the Bible says. Revelation chapter 13 says, It was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and authority was given to him over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All who live on the earth will worship him, everyone whose name has not been written, since the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slaughtered. In hindsight, most of us can clearly say that the year of 2020 was a year of revelation or illumination. We saw the great lens that the governments of this world had to go through to get people to bend to their will. The prized prospect of a one world government, one military force beyond anything in the history of mankind that is so powerful to the degree that it supersedes the limits of sovereign nations. And all of this fits into the plan that the prince of this world had from the beginning, which is to subjugate men to his influence and totally control them, and as the book of Revelation says, to have mankind worship him. The beast is after worship. Only God deserves our worship, but he wants to steal the worship that is due to God and God alone. He is jealous, just as from the beginning, jealous of the glory of God. So what does he do? And he concocts a plan to subjugate men and have them worship him and steal the glory of God. But we're headed toward a time when there's a global satanic kingdom. It consolidates all kingdoms of the world. It is under the final monster antichrist designed by the devil himself and the entire world follows him. The entire world. 
The world has been incentivized for over 20 years to accept anti-God concepts. The next step was the adaptation of the sexual, homosexual, and transsexual ideologies, with dozens of streaming platforms, if not more, promoting immorality and licentiousness over and over again. Now we have a society that is not only prepared, but willing to enter the next phase. We are at the pinnacle of Satan's plan in human history. The technological advancement we have made as humans on planet Earth makes this one world government seem very plausible and easy. Anyone, and I would venture to say even nations, can be controlled just with the push of a button. That is exactly why during the tribulation, only the power of God and the grace of God and the protection of God will preserve those who will not bow to the beast. The powers that be meet every year to hash out their anti-God and anti-Christ plan. They are preparing the world for the coming of something big and someone big. The church needs to draw nearer to Christ and keep their eyes on the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. This is not a time for Christians to be destroyed by temporal and earthly things. Now more than ever before is a time for us to be bold about the gospel of Jesus Christ and warn the world about the judgment to come. The enemy is closing in and the most powerful men and nations in the world have made an alliance to fight against the Lord God Almighty. As children of God and students of the book, we know how all of this ends. Our lamp needs to be filled with oil and we must be vigilant because the enemy is like a warring lion, hungry, desperate, more cunning, more seducing, more destructive in his quest to devour whom he can in his vain quest to defeat God. Stand up, children of God, and be bold and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the only hope for the sin-cursed world. That's Brother John Henry putting that message out. Thank you, John, for doing that. And it's also including some of the uh, <clears throat> preaching from Brother John MacArthur. The connection between church and state is real. They always try to tell you to not connect the two, that they're individual, that they're separated. You know, the statement that's become kind of a norm is the separation of church and state. That should never, ever be the case, especially here in America, because this country, these United States, a constitutional republic for the people, by the people, with our Declaration of Independence, with our Bill of Rights, and our Constitution, those are the most robust human rights documents ever to be formed. And right now, those are being challenged because the world is, is trying to, the state is trying to condemn all of us to slavery. And this is by criminals. And like, a, you, know, like you heard at the beginning, Bill and Melinda Gates are evil people. We have been reporting on Bill Gates and, and Melinda for many years about how they have weaponized what was a philanthropic organization definition, and they have adulterated it to become a tax haven, money laundering scheme and mechanism. And his investment back in 2019 of $10 billion from that organization into vaccine companies meant that he had the supply, and then he had to go out and cre create the demand. And he's doing that with an organization called the United Nations that has already set up an agenda called a G UN Agenda 2030 to where they are having mass um, reductions in energy and in food. They're trying to decrease the population. That's what the shots were about. The psychological operation was all about cover for the crimes that they've committed. 
And as you see with with Melinda being out there, that was on MSN, an interview that she did not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And she had that inverted cross on. And then the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab. And you hear in that person's voice, you hear a lot of what sounds like Hitler. Because these are the same type of crazy fanatics. And they were brought over here. Operation Paperclip, you know, was declassified back in the 80s or 90s. And it was shown to us that they, the, the people, the criminal cabal brought over 1,200 of the Nazi scientists. And to be a Nazi scientist, you had to be completely engulfed in that ideology because you were doing, you were sharing your work with them. Other people could just say, I'm not going to do it. And they didn't do it. And they were, you know, they were dealt with how they were. But we need to understand, brothers and sisters, to never separate church and state. Because everything that I believe in is centered on the Bible and on my faith in Jesus Christ. So there is no way that I'm going to separate that from my decision making about how the area that I live in is governed. Our Constitution already protects this with freedom of speech and freedom of religion. The, what I have is a relationship with God Almighty through being born again with giving myself to my saving grace, Jesus Christ. Get to know him if you don't know him because he will change your life. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing. And you're desperate for some healing. Let me tell you about my Jesus. He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And 